Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Today we're going to talk about Jesus in the Old Testament. We're going to ask some questions and we're going to answer them from the Bible. So when did Jesus come into an existence or has Jesus always existed? Well, we're going to find out what the Bible says. Uh, Randy, he's going to go through some verses that he found explaining all this. And then I'm going to go through some verses that I found explaining all this. Leave your comments below or reach out to us. If you have anything to bring to our attention, we'd appreciate it. And if you have any questions so we can further explain our study and what we've found, then reach out to us and, and we'll we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Randy, go ahead. Amen. Thank you, Tommy. I just want to say what a blessing it is to be with you today, me and Tommy. I know uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to tell you that Jesus, the Son of God, loves you. Uh, I know we use the word love uh, pretty flippantly today, Tommy. It has a lot of different meanings, but he loves you enough not to leave you where you're at, if you'll let him. Amen. And sometimes even if you won't, uh, he will bring you around lovingly and not try to destroy you. So Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is our basis. And the Father loves you. Isn't that amazing? The Father loves you just as much as the Son loves you. Amen? Amen. Well, I had some questions, Tommy, that it bothered me for a long time. I used to be confused as who was the one who walked in the Garden of Eden, gave the Ten Commandments, and who dwelt in the tabernacle. Was it God the Father or was it Jesus Christ? Two questions. But after studying this topic that we're going to present today, I came to an understanding that it was, in fact, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who spoke and appeared on earth as the Lord Jehovah. So we're going to talk about how many Trinitarians believe that because it was Jesus who appeared in the Old Testament and that he bore the name Lord Jehovah, as, for example, when he appeared to Abraham in Genesis chapter 18, that they take this to mean that Christ himself is the one true God. But there's a problem with that. And the Bible says, and I'm going to quote 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. You might want to add to this. I'm going to 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Well, I would like to concentrate on that. No man has seen God at any time. And in 1 Timothy 6, 16, it says, who only hath immortality, 1 Timothy 6.16, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, which no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Uh, amen. John chapter 1, verse 18, Tommy. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Amen. So straight away, Tommy, we have a problem if we believe that Jesus is the one true God because we cannot be in the presence of the Father's person or behold God face to face. So the question I have then, how is it that a number of Old Testament people like Abraham, Jacob, and Moses have seen the Lord Jehovah face to face and lived? This is a clear contradiction. Yes, a contradiction only if you believe that Jesus is the one true God. Amen. Tommy, do you like to add to that or anything you'd like to? No, it makes sense to me. So whenever uh, Moses talked to God in the mountain, it said he was in the presence of God. 
But in the New Testament, John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So if you take that and you put that in the Old Testament as well, then basically what that means is that Moses was in the presence of God through the Son, Jesus Christ. And what a lot of people don't understand is that sin, wickedness, cannot be in the presence of God because we'll be burnt up, we'll be killed. That's why in the sanctuary they had to have the veil. The veil was what protected them from the presence of God from killing them. Well, when Jesus was crucified on the cross, the veil was rent from top to bottom. Well, that's because Jesus was our veil. Amen. So now Jesus is the kingdom of God. God dwells within his son. So by accepting the son, you're accepting the father. So yeah, you're right, Randy. You believe in the Trinity, then you also have to look at the Bible that it contradicts itself with what you just read. Right. So the Trinity is a contradiction to the Bible. Of course, we know, and we're going to go through the study, that it's pagan. It's man-made. It, it has no biblical exergesis or study within the Bible. But anyway, so Tommy, so how do we reconcile the fact that Jesus is the Son of God, is the one who appeared to the people in the Old Testament, and was called the Lord Jehovah, Genesis 18? Isn't that name solely reserved for the one true God the Father? And Let's see, to answer this, as we will do all questions, let's turn to the inspired Scripture or the Word of God. Remember, feelings and thoughts and emotions, you know, uh, they're good to a point. We all would have them, but I don't base my faith on feeling, thoughts, and emotions. I base my faith on what? The, what the Bible says. Amen, the Word of God. So Philippians 2.9, let's look at this Scripture, Philippians 2.9, and it says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. The scripture reveals that Christ has been given a name that is above every other name. What name is that? Think about this. What name does a child receive on earth? The child receives the name of their father, right? Tell me, were you named after your father? Uh, last name, yes. Amen. Man, I was named. I hope you were named after your father. Now, if you didn't have a father, you do have one in heaven. Amen. And Amen. you have a son. Amen. Amen. So don't let that bother you. Amen. So, just like we have a son and he bears my name, does this apply to Christ, Tommy? In John chapter 5, verse 43, it says, I have come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you shall receive. John 10, 25. John chapter 10, verse 25. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 4, being made so much better than angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Being made so much better than angels, we're talking about begotten. Amen. Amen. We're not talking about Jesus being a created. He was begotten or brought forth from the Father. So, Jehovah is the name given to Christ. Amen? Uh, Behold, God is my salvation, you know, writes the prophet Isaiah. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He is also my salvation. So Isaiah knew Jehovah as who? The Son of God. This is Old Testament scripture. Yes, yeah, so this applies to Christ being the Son of the living God. He bears the name of his Father. Think about it. What does John reveal in the first chapter of John? He reveals that Jesus was the Word of God. 
famous scripture that they try to put uh, that Jesus is truly God the Father, but they can't. Well, you can, but you're going to twist scripture. Christ is the one who communicates with us. He is the one who reveals the will of the Father to us. As we have seen above, God the Father dwells in the light, unapproachable, 1 Timothy 6, 16, which no man can see. Therefore, God needs a mediator between man and himself so that the Father can reveal himself to us without us being destroyed. Woo! And who is the mediator between God and man? It's Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Tommy, do you like to add to that? I'll let you keep going. Oh my goodness, you're going to have me talk all the time. <laughs> Jesus, forgive me, Tommy. Uh, so in 1 Timothy 2, 5, for there is one God... How many gods are there, Tommy? One. One. That's what the Bible says. There's not three. Amen. Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hero Israel. that. Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. And one mediator between God and man. The man is Christ Jesus. That's 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. The only medium of communication between God and man is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18 and 19. We turn in our Bible. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, who hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Amen? So, Jesus came to do whose will? His own or his father's? His father's. Amen. So, what is Jesus doing? Reconciling us to his father. Father. So there's two there, right? Why did he say reconciling himself to another Holy Spirit or another person? Exactly. There's now, there is a Holy Spirit in there, Tom. Of you want to explain yes. that a little bit? Well, we believe in a Holy Spirit. A lot of people, whenever we say, well, there's only uh, God the Father and his son, Jesus Christ, a lot of people say, oh, well, you don't believe in the Holy Spirit. You're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That's the unpardonable sin. We're not saying we don't believe in the Holy Spirit. It's who is the Holy Spirit. To Trinitarians, the Holy Spirit is, is a mystery God. And then they say, well, no, he's a spirit of truth that will bring you into all truth. And, and he's the comforter. But the Bible, if you especially go through the chapter of uh, John 14, it's kind of hidden. But you'll actually see that the, the comforter is a parable. Now, I won't go through it now. We'll save that for another video. But the Holy Spirit, once you start asking Trinitarians what they believe, one thing you'll realize is they're not all on the same page. Some people believe there's three gods that make up one god then other people say well the holy spirit is the spirit of the father and some will say well the father and the son are a metaphor then then some will say well the father and the son are a literal father and son but the holy spirit's not the spirit of the father and the son so one thing i'll ask is okay well if there is a correct doctrine of the trinity which one's right there's several out there good point um what i find from the bible is there's three problems with the trinity it says that the Trinity is three co-equal, co-eternal persons that make up one God. Okay, so if you look deep into that, it says that the Father and the Son are a metaphor, which that denies the Sonship of Christ. And if Christ said, if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my Father who's in heaven. Then that the Holy Spirit is not the Spirit of the Father and the Son. So if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6, it says, But to us there is but one God the Father, and then one Lord Jesus Christ. There, it only talks about two there. Then the Trinity also says the Father and the Son existed at the same time. Well, if they existed at the same time, then can they truly be a Father and a Son? And most people will contradict themselves and say yes. 
But then when you show them other Bible verses, which I'll go through after Randy goes through his uh, notes, I'll go through my notes. And the Bible in the Old Testament and the New Testament shows that the Father existed first and he begot a literal son. They did not exist at the same time. So uh, whenever we get to my notes, I'll go through that a little bit more on how that it plainly says that the Father existed before the Son and that he begot a literal Son. And I'll also show you where it is actually illustrated to us that the Father existed before the Son. Randy, you go ahead. Amen. So, no man has seen God at any time. Uh, thank you for that excerpt too, Tommy. No man has seen God at any time except as it is revealed through Jesus Christ or the Son of God. So, the question is, who appeared to the people in the Old Testament? It was Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And what name did Jesus bear? The Lord Jehovah, which is his Father's name. Does this make Jesus the one true God or God the Father? No. The Bible reveals that Jesus is the one mediator between God the Father and man. You see, Trinitarians and those of the oneness group, Take these Old Testament verses where Jesus appears to Abraham, Jacob, and Moses, and instead applying the rest of the scripture and inspiration to these verses, and you know, you've heard the rest of the story, you know, it's what you've left out that is important on that topic, not what you put out. In other words, if they take these verses on their own to build a faulty doctrine in saying that Jesus is the one true God. When Jesus himself told us in John 17, 3, that his Father is the one true God, not himself. I'm going to read John 17, 3, because we need to get that in context. And it says, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Also, Paul confirmed in 1 Corinthians 8, 6. So, just think about it for a moment, Tommy. When King Nebuchadnezzar looked into the fiery furnace, what did he say he saw? And he answered and said, Lo, I saw, and this is Daniel 3.25, Lo, I saw four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Even Nebuchadnezzar knew that there was a Son of God. He didn't say God the Son. Wouldn't that have been a great place for him to say God the Son? Yeah. But he said the Son of God. So why didn't Nebuchadnezzar simply say the fourth was a God? Why did he say like the Son of God? Because Daniel and his three friends declared the truth to the king during their time in Babylon and made known to the king the Redeemer, the Son of God that was to come. And it was the Son who was to carry out all the purposes of God. That's what we're doing today through his Spirit is we want to reveal that Jesus is truly the Son of God and that he is a Father that loves you and a Son. I used to, Tommy, think about, okay, the God in the Old Testament, he's ready to kill and destroy, but, oh, Jesus came to save. Now, they were always working together since the beginning of time and before the beginning of time. Amen. You'd like to add to that, Tommy? Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, now, reading the Bible before, whenever I basically it was a Trinitarian and didn't even really know what the Trinity was. You read it and it, it, it almost has no meaning to you. And I know that almost sounds bad to me, like I was a horrible believer. And I look back and think that, well, maybe I was. But once you start seeing that there's a literal father and he begot a literal son, 
the words start to, to make more sense to you and start to, to have more meaning. So when you start to read the words, it has literal meaning, but whenever you see what is going on, then you also see that how things are happening is an illustration laid out for you. So one thing to look at is when you get into the Old Testament, especially, God created two beings, okay, and he created them a certain way. But then also after that, you see that there was Abraham and Isaac, a, fa a literal father and a literal son, and Isaac was the son that was promised, and Jesus was the son that was promised. Okay, then you look at Joseph, and you, you can also look at Jacob and Joseph too, because whenever Joseph was actually uh, away from his father, his father was sad, depressed, he's hurt, grieving. So that to me means that when the father sent his son to the world to save us, he, he was grieving, he missed his son. And, and knowing what his son was going to go through, he was hurting. Nobody wants to see their, their child go through anything like that. So then you get Joseph and the Pharaoh, where Joseph, you know, he had 12 brothers to betray him. Then you have Jesus that had 12 disciples that betrayed him. They sold him into slavery. Amen. And the disciples, you know, uh, one of them sold him out to the government. And <laughs> Jesus fed everyone the word of God. And Joseph fed everyone food whenever there was a famine. Now, there was a famine of food for Joseph, but then there was a famine for the word of God for Jesus. Amen. So then you look at Moses and Aaron, how they delivered God's people. It was always two, and even the disciples was sent out two by two. So I think that when we go through these stories, we not only need to see the literal meaning of what happened, but we also need to see the symbolic meaning. And once you start noticing the, the symbolic meaning, you start to pick up on the breadcrumbs that uh, the Father and the Son are leaving for us to help help explain who they are and how they work. And that's why John 17, 3 means so much whenever I read it, because life eternal is what we all want. And John 17, 3 is the recipe for life eternal. So people saying, well, God's a mystery. We won't know until we meet him. Well, John 17, 3 says life eternal is to know him. So we better start learning who he is now rather than just wait for the answers later. Amen. Go ahead, Randy. Amen. You know, I just put an extended warranty on my vehicle. You know, I had to pay extra for that, by the way, because I was scared. It had so many electronic devices on my vehicle that I was worried that something would burn out. You know, it wasn't like the old days. You could just get out there and work on it, Tommy, you know, and, there's so many electronics. I think, well, if that goes wrong, that's going to cost five thousand. Well, anyway, I had to buy an extended warranty, okay? But it was only good for seven years and a hundred thousand miles. Well, Jesus and God the Father gives you an extended warranty that's free that lasts for a lifetime, and it's free. It's free for eternal life. Eternal life is an extended warranty from your life now. So, can you see this beautiful truth, Tommy? Uh, from eternity past, God the Father was to carry out His will and purpose through Jesus Christ, His Son. So, who do you think was the one who appeared in the Old Testament? It was Christ. Does this make Christ the one true God? No. It merely confirms that God the Father was to present among His people a guide, His people through His Son, Jesus. Jesus has always been the mediator between God and all of his creation. This has never changed, Tommy. 
This has never changed. Let's look at Luke chapter 10, verse 22. I'm going to read this to you. Luke chapter 10, verse 22, and it says, All things are delivered to me of my Father. No man knoweth who the Son is, but the Father, and who the Father is, but the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal to him. So while the Father is the one true God and Lord of heaven, Matthew 11, verse 25, God has appointed one to be equal with himself and to carry out his purpose. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. God has appointed one to judge and ruler of all, and that is Jesus Christ, his Son. It was the Son who was to represent the Father in all ages, not just in the New Testament, but in the Old too. This is why Thomas called Jesus his God, capitalized. And this is why Jesus can be our God and be worshipped, because God the Father has exalted Jesus into that position. The Bible also says that Jesus is the Word of God and speaks for the Father. John 1, verse 1, verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with the God, and the Word was God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. John chapter 12, 49 through 50. For I have not yet spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that this is the commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. There were two there, two, not three. John 7, 16, Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. Now, God the Father has given all things into the hands of his Son. Now, if Jesus was literally God the Father, why would you have to give him something? I mean, that's a question for you out there. If he was truly God the Father, the Almighty, he is a mighty God, but not Almighty. He has to have a Father to be a Son begotten, not created, why would you have to give him something? You can't give God anything, amen, except yourself. I hope you do. Amen is a living sacrifice. So into the hands of his son, including the name that is above every name, Philippians 2.9. And God has made Jesus the mediator between himself and all creation, 1 Timothy 2.5. There is no conflict whatsoever between Jesus being the I am of the Old Testament and the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord of the Son of the one true God and Father, a truth that the Trinity doctrine rejects. Now, I want you to understand this important point, you know, something for me to look at. If Jesus Christ is the one whom God the Father has given all authority to, to carry out his will and purpose, which divine scripture reveals, and there is no other through whom God fulfills his purpose, which the scripture also reveals, then the Holy Spirit cannot be a third separate being from the Father and the Son. Who is the Lord who has come in both the Old and New Testament? It is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Therefore, the Spirit of the Lord, which the Old and New Testament declare, has to be the Spirit of Jesus Christ alone and not a third being. Would you like to emphasize that through the Scripture, Tommy? Yeah, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I mean, to me, I can share this with Trinitarians, 
And they'll say, well, yeah, that's not about the Lord. That's not about the one true God. I mean, that's just, that's what you get from, uh-huh. from, from people. And then, well, then you're, you're twisted because see, in, especially in the King James Version, when it says Lord, all four caps, it's talking about the Father. And it, that comes from the original translation of the word Yahweh, which is the Father's name. When it says Lord with just a capital L, it's talking about the Son, Yeshua, okay? And a lot of people don't know that Yeshua actually means Yahweh saves. So, like, Yahweh in, in uh, English translation is Jehovah. That's why, you know, people say Jehovah. And once you say Jehovah, everybody just almost rejects you because they think of Jehovah's Witness. But a lot of people don't know that Jehovah is just a translation for the Hebrew word uh, uh, Yahweh. So, then Jesus is English translation for Yeshua. And Jesus actually means Jehovah saves. And also in the Old Testament, whenever they were leading the Hebrews, and God said, I'll send an angel before you. And he said, but do not transgress him, for he will not pardon thee, for my name is in him. So the Bible, I believe Randy just read earlier, how he put his name in his son. So that's more evidence that Jesus existed in the Old Testament. Now, I never said the name Jesus in the Old Testament. And we'll go through a study on what his name was in the Old Testament. All right. First Peter, can I add to that, Tom? Yeah, go ahead. First Peter chapter 1, verse 10 through 11, in which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner the time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when he testified beforehand of the suffering of Christ and the glory that should follow. Galatians 4, 6. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now, does that sound like a third being? Nope. From the scripture alone? Nope. No, but there is a Holy Spirit. Amen. Who is that Holy Spirit? Not what it is, but who is it? It's a spirit of Christ. It's it's the union of the spirit and the Father, but to us, it's the spirit of Christ because by accepting the Son, you're accepting the Father. So what I try to explain to people is we are made in the image of them and in their likeness. So we have a physical body and we have a spirit. We cannot give our spirit. We can't send it out of our body. Okay. Well, the Father and the Son are divine. They are gods. Okay. The Father is the one true God, the almighty God. And the Son, he is a God as well because they're both divine. And the Bible also says, and they will yield seed after their own kind. So by yielding seed after their own kind, then if the Father begets a literal son, then he's going to beget a divine being. Me and my wife, we we make humans. Well, God is going to make a divine being out of him. Is your sons and daughters fully human? Yes. Why? Because I'm human. And is the Son of God fully divine? Why? Because his father, he proceeded forth and came from the father. Amen. That's pretty easy. A child could understand that, couldn't they, Tommy? Yep. Okay, amen. Sorry to interrupt you, Tommy. Go ahead. So the way you have to look at this is the father and son being divine beings, they can send their spirit out wherever they want to multiple locations, to multiple people. So they have a physical form and they have a spirit. Okay, so then they are one in spirit. So whenever uh, Jesus said, I and my father are one, he doesn't mean that they're the same person. He's saying they are one in spirit, just as a man and a woman, when they are joined together by marriage, they are one in flesh. There's not three people in your marriage, and if there is, there's a problem. Amos chapter 3 verse 7 says, can two be together unless they be agreed? Mm -hmm. 
So the father and son were in agreement. If they weren't, then they couldn't be together. So you're not pitting God the Father of the Old Testament against Jesus in the New. They're one in purpose, character, and life. Amen. So remember, Jesus is the only medium of communication between God and man. And I'm going to read 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. We need to see this from the Bible. A lot of individuals are giving, uh, God bless them, are giving how they feel or what their pastor says or suggestions. But I want Bible scripture from your Bible. Now, of course, we need to, you know, go over that. But I'm going to read 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. And it says, 1 Timothy chapter 2, For there is three gods. No, there is one God. And there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Amen. God the Father has given all things into his Son, and that includes the Father's own divine spirit. We can see that in Revelation 5, 6, Acts chapter 2, verse 33. Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. He is the only one who can and has revealed the Father. He is the only one who can redeem us. He is the only one who can comfort us. He is the only one who can help us gain victory over sin. Woo! Remember I said victory over sin. Amen? That might be a little long process, but it's his righteousness that covers you, not yours. Yours is but filthy rags. It's his righteousness. Amen? The Son of God to the Father. So there's no power in me apart from Christ. There's none. I mean, you can have a power, but if it's not Christ, it might be a pretty nasty spirit. Amen? Amen. But it's your privilege to have Christ abiding in your heart, and how? By faith. And he can overcome sin in you when you cooperate with his efforts. Well, that's a big word, cooperate, Yeah. with him in your efforts. I don't know if you've been uncooperative or, you know, desire. I think every one of us have, amen, except for Jesus. He came to do his Father's will. But anyway, again, the truth about Christ proves the Trinity doctrine is false, and that the Holy Spirit cannot be a third being but rather the Spirit of Jesus Christ, which he has received from God the Father. Friends, there's a beautiful truth that the majority of professed Christians are missing out on. Not all, and I'm included in there, because they refuse to study for themselves and just accept the mainstream teachings. We must study ourselves to show ourselves approved of God. That's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Study this for yourself, and you will see beauty and the truth in this message. Okay, we want to talk about the Antichrist. 1 John chapter 4, and I'm going to read verse 1 through 6. Now, all the scripture that we give today, please read it in the context that it was written. So you're not just pulling it out and making it a pretext and build something around it, and the meaning is entirely destroyed in the context of what you're reading. Get Amen? your doctrine from the Word of God. Don't twist Scripture to fit your doctrine that Amen. you've been taught. Bible even talks about twisting Scripture to what? Your own destruction. Okay, so we're talking about the Antichrist here. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Now, it says many there. Mm -hmm. didn't say a few. Amen? Amen? Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. 
And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And that is that the spirit of Antichrist. Do you believe that Jesus is truly the Son of God, or do you believe that he's God the Son? And we, we'll go into that. Do you believe that he came into flesh? Do you believe that he had a pre-existence, not created, but begotten? Amen? You could be under the spirit of what? Antichrist. That could say holy, but it's not because it doesn't go with the Bible. So, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, and therefore speaketh they of the world, and the world heareth them. If you want to look at the world, you know, look at our new president. All the world hears him, but what spirit is he under, Tommy? Amen. Now, we're not judging how he'll end, amen, but what spirit is he under, Tommy? You know, is it the Holy Spirit? I don't care about politics because there's no politician, Tommy, that will save you. Only the Son of God will save you. There's no political party that will save you. But if I was going to vote, Tommy, which I did, I would not vote for somebody that supports abortion. Would you, Tommy? No. Nope. Now, if you've had an abortion out there, you can be forgiven through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I kind of want to support life, Tommy, not death. Amen? Amen. So anyway... You are of God, verse 4, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. They are of the world, which speaketh they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now, what we're presenting, Tommy, there's only two things it could be. It can either be truth or error. There's no in-between here. Notice I didn't say, well, this is how I feel, the Scripture. This is what my pastor said. I went directly to the Bible and the Bible alone. Go ahead, Tommy. I want to look up another Scripture. Back to where I was saying how, seeing the symbolic meaning and how things are revealed to us. Not what's revealed to us, but how they're revealed to us. I want to go to Romans chapter 1, verse 20. And that says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So what this verse is saying is that the Godhead is explained through creation. So how the Father and Son come into existence. We're going to see how that's explained through creation. Okay, so in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, it says, For Adam was formed first, then Eve. Okay, so that shows Adam existing before Eve. That, to me, would mean the Father existed before the Son. Everything that was named before Eve, Adam named everything. Everything's in the name of the Father. Anything that is of the Father is named of the Father. Okay, so then... 1 Corinthians 11, verse 3. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of every woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. So the Father is over the Son, just as the man is over the woman. Now, one thing that's important to remember here is the Father made his Son equal to him, but the power still came from the Father. Now, the woman came from the man, just as the son came from the father. 
But one thing to realize is the woman came from the man's side, not from his head, not from his foot. We are not meant to trample over women. There are life partners. We're supposed to do everything together. A lot of men actually abuse that passage, and they want to be dictators. That's not how the Father and the Son work. Okay. Then let's go with Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Okay, and a lot of Trinitarians will say, see? See, look, brother, it says us. Let us make man in our image. See, look, more than one. Well, amen, but two is more than one. That doesn't explain three. He created two beings, not three. Then, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So, a lot of people don't know this, but the Hebrew word, so the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the New Testament was written in Greek. So, the Hebrew word for it can be life or breath or spirit is ruah. They all mean the same thing. So, when you say the Spirit of God or God the Spirit, okay, is your breath a different person from you? So, this is basically the breath of God. He breathed the breath into his nostrils and the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And this is Genesis chapter 2, verse 21 and 22. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from him made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Okay, and then on to 23. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So the father existed, and he took his son out of him. He beget, he brought forth a literal son. If they existed at the same time, Adam and Eve would have been created at the same time. So then people want to see proof. How is it you know that Jesus didn't always exist with the father? Okay, well, I'm going to take you to Proverbs chapter 8, verses 22. Now this is Jesus talking to Solomon under the title of Wisdom. God said, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Out of everything in the world, Solomon wanted wisdom. So Jesus was talking to Solomon under the title of wisdom. And starting with verse 22, The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. So Lord, here's cat all four caps. So this is the Father possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. His works of old is creation. Okay, I was set up from everlasting from the beginning forever the earth was so everlasting means at the beginning of creation everlasting doesn't mean from eternal i was set up from everlasting from the beginning or ever the earth was so everlasting means from ever the earth was when there was no depths i was brought forth when there were no fountains abounding with water before the mountains were settled before the hills was i brought forth while as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. 
when he set up a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the fountains of the earth, then I was by him, as one brought up with him, and I was daily in his delight, rejoicing always before him. So that to me reminds me of me and my son going out and doing things and, and him just, you know, feeling excited and joyful that daddy's showing him something. Whether I'm mowing the yard with him, showing him how to start the mower, weed eating, whatever. This is a literal father and a literal son that created everything. So the Bible also says that everything was created through Jesus. So you have the father who creates everything through his son, just as a man creates life through his woman. Pretty straightforward and makes sense, doesn't it? Amen, Tom. Then, Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Like I was saying earlier, that doesn't mean there's a third person in your marriage. There's two people that are one flesh. There is a father and a son that are one in spirit. So, Tommy, that means that there's not three. You don't marry three people like today. They might marry six people. Yeah. There's only two people, right? Yep. Amen. In the marriage institution, right? Yep. Amen. And we hope out there, God bless you, that it's a man and a woman. Amen. 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 But if your brother out there having a problem with your identity, Know that God created you, amen, and he loves you, and he'll help you through it, amen? Amen. On there, the Son of God will, amen? Go ahead, amen. So the now I want to take you to John chapter 17, verse 21. That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that thee also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. So the Son is praying to the Father that we may be one in them, two people, and that we may believe that the Father has sent his Son. And 1 Corinthians six seventeen, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Pretty powerful. Mm. So are, are, is there three people between us and the Lord, or is there just the Lord and us? Okay. And that Lord is the Son of God. Amen. And then, uh, and then Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. So the father created everything through his son and the father gives all to his son. I want to leave you with this, uh, something to think about. This is in the epistle of John, the first epistle. It's uh, chapter 2, verse 22 and 23. But who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ or the anointed? He is an antichrist or in place of Christ that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledged the Son, of course these words were added, hath the Father also. So what I want to say, you're either an 
in place of Christ, you become your own Savior, or you believe in the Son of God as your Savior to the Father. Amen? Amen. There's only two. There's not three different roads. There's only one road to the Father. That's through His Son, Jesus Christ, not a trinity or Godhead. I call it the false fraudhead, which uh, God bless Daniel Mesa, you know, the fraudhead, which some people try to use biblical scripture to prove that. But when you do a good, thorough study of exegesis of the world, you realize they're twisting it. Amen. And it's a false doctrine. So, 1 John chapter 2, I'm going to read this. My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Amen? And his name is Jesus Christ, the righteousness, the Son of God. So I ask you today, Tommy, we'll leave the comments uh, down to section open up. We're not going to say we're going to answer them all because we will when we go keep going through the podcast, you know, with Scripture. But open up your Bible. Jesus is coming back soon. I know you've heard that for many years, but he's coming back. If you don't believe me, there's a lot of topics we're going to speak on how close it is. And it's not hurry up and get ready. Jesus will prepare you not to be deceived by any man. So God bless you. The Son of God loves you. The Father loves you. Amen. Amen. The Father loves you and Jesus loves you. Come to him as you are. Don't wait. Let's get into the Bible study. God bless you. We love you. Goodbye.